What's happening, financial coaches? It's Pete here. Hey, I want to talk to you about something that comes up all the time. And I actually think the financial industry has caused this problem in a large part, not just a small part and contributed to it. I think they've actually caused this problem in many ways. And it's probably one of those things where I diverge quite a bit with a lot of the financial experts out there. And so, you know, that's kind of my thing. I'm always rethinking things, you know, just because something has been done for a long time does not necessarily mean it is the right way to do it. It doesn't mean that it wasn't the right way then and is not the right way now. So... Don't get me on that soapbox. But basically, I want to talk to you about leasing versus buying a car and why I think leasing is the end-all be-all. That's not true. I, I actually think leasing is a really good option for a lot of people. And the reason is um, a similar problem that comes up all the time when I'm working with coaches. A lot of times when I'm working with an individual client, but I see this all the time. And the situation is this. You know, I have coaches that come up to me all the time with you know, my client has a car payment at $680. They can't afford it. You know, this is the single biggest payment they have each month. Obviously, they've got their rent too, but they have to stay there. But uh, they're way underwater in the car. It's probably worth $14,000. They still owe $22,000. You know, what are their options? And it's kind of like, here's the scenario. What can we do to fix it? And I'm always like, well, good luck. And the funny thing that I see out there a lot on the financial coaching blogs and forums and things like that are these wonderful suggestions that are totally mythical. You know, first of all, it's like, just sell the car, uh, eat whatever the loss is, and then just buy a cheap used car, which again, if someone's in the situation where it's the cash flow that's a problem, the cash flow is negative, they have done everything they can to uh, kind of survive that negative cash flow, which usually means uh, draining down their retirement, draining down their savings, starting to put money on debt, on credit cards and things like that. It is very unrealistic to say, hey, you should sell your car, eat a seven, dollars $8,000 loss, i.e. that means cutting a check to your financing company for six, $7,000 and then going out and buying a cheap used car or another six or seven. So all of a sudden now you have to have $14,000 in cash to solve this cash flow problem because you're two or $300 underwater. It just doesn't make any sense. And where I get so frustrated is I continue to read these comments years after year after year. And I'm like, dude, who are you coaching that? That's like, oh yeah, you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take uh, 14, 15 grand out of my uh, savings and that'll fix it. Of course that would fix it, but that's not the problem. And so um, car payment underwater, they can't afford the payment itself. They have no options to get out of it. And then the kicker, the one that really is the gut punch to most people is that, hey, I bought this car. It's out of warranty. I've had it for three, four years, whatever. And now I have a car repair um, they're telling me my brake lines are rusted and they need $3,800 to fix them. Um, my uh, my brakes just need to be replaced. It can just be regular maintenance. So it's looking, I'm looking at $1,400 for, is that even right for a new set of brakes? Yeah, between rotors and pads, you know, and not to mention if you have a seized caliper or something like that. I'm, I tend to be a car guy. And it's just funny that people throw out these numbers, which I think are totally reasonable. They are hardly highway robbery. And yet they're always shocked, you know, uh, maintaining cars is expensive. You know, even wiper blades can be $25 a blade, you know, for some brands. So listen, the average car payment in America, I think, you know, and I, this kind of varies a little bit, but I've seen it be $580 a month. And the average financing is usually five or six years. And now it's starting to creep up. Financing can be eight, nine, 10 years on some cars. And if you're doing the math on that, what that does not equate to is a really expensive car. So you know, 500 plus dollars for five years is like a sub $30,000 car when you factor in interest and things like this. So are there a lot of sub $30,000 cars? There are, there are 30 sub $30,000 cars. I think the cheapest car in America is like 
twelve nine. I think it's a Mitsubishi, uh, or it's a, like a yeah, it's like a Mitsubishi uh, Versa or Nissan Versa or Mitsubishi Galant or something like that. Anyway, I I digress. That doesn't really matter. But most people are buying like uh, pretty expensive cars. Even minivans are forty plus thousand dollars. And so if people are getting a sub thirty thousand dollar car, that can be in a lot of cases a used car, which may not come with any. Uh, warranty, as we call it, as is. And so what the problem there is usually not right when you drive off the lot, but a couple years later when you need belts, when you need brakes, when you need tires and, and stuff like that. And God forbid you have a repair. And so a lot of people get stuck in this. And the problem and the reason that I'm kind of uh, upset with the financial planning industry and the financial educational industry as well is because a lot of times we've said, hey, leasing is fleecing or never lease a car. You're never building equity. You know, all these kinds of things which oversimplify the problem for most Americans. And my issue with this is that uh, why isn't leasing a good option, right? And for me, I won't get into it, but I can actually prove mathematically that leasing in some cases is better than buying because I don't care how much equity you have paying off a car after five years, right? That doesn't matter. Most people will sell a car or at some point that car will uh, bite the dust. And so you will have to replace it. And so the issue to me is what I call the cost of ownership, the total cost of ownership. If I'm going to spend uh, net $10,000 to own a car for 10 years, and I'm going to spend $8,000 to lease a car for 10 years, then, you know, mathematically, the leasing works out better for me, right? So we, we can get into all that and help you understand that if that's an, um, a consideration, the optimal math for you. But my issue with this is that leasing, yes, it does not buy a car, most leases can be had for 12, 24, I've seen them for 27, 36 months. The 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 window of a lease is not the same. It's de, it's dependent on the leasing company. They do some calculations on depreciation and, and future value. So, but you can usually find a lease that maybe fits your particular needs. I've leased cars before. Uh, in many cases, my uh, parents worked for, or my father had worked for Chrysler early in his life. So we got the friends and family employee pricing on Chrysler's. And so leases on Chrysler's were very cheap. I will tell you that, you know, some of the money hacks out there, whether you have worked for an automaker or not, if you have someone in your immediate family, you can probably qualify that. But if you just know someone who has either worked or works for an automaker or an auto parts supplier, you can often get a friends and family fixed pricing or fixed lease amount, which is kind of nice. You know, a friend of mine, uh, one time I leased a GM and his dad had worked for GM, so I called him and his dad got me a code and you just take that and they look it up in the computer and they tell you what your price is and it's it's great. Anyway, listen, I have leased cars for under $200 a month, brand new cars, and I have seen leases advertised, I haven't gotten them, uh, for as low as $99 a month. Now, you do have to be a little careful about reading into the leases because some usually require down payment or something like that kind of uh, to offset that, to bring that monthly down. You know, it, again, it's just the math on it and that can work. But, um, you know, I have leased, uh, you know, at one point I leased a Jeep Liberty for $199 for 27 months, nothing down right? Brand new car, you know, it wasn't the highest spec or anything, but that was the employee pricing uh, price on it. And it was great. And for 27 months, I drove that car. It was a champ. It worked great in the snow. It was super comfortable, super reliable. I actually really liked it. Um, I bought a Jeep Liberty after that because I really liked the car. And they wouldn't, and I didn't have the option to buy it at that time. Um, but 
that car was no issue to me because when you lease a car, generally in a new car, it is covered under warranty. So had anything gone wrong with it, I wouldn't have had that issue. That risk was transferred off of me onto the auto manufacturer because the warranty was going to cover me for the time of my lease. And in my case, 27 months and the lease on that was 36 months. Uh, I think 36 months powertrain, 48 months for some of the other things. So it was great. It was kind of um, basically a, a premium I was paying for the lease and for the comfort of knowing that I wasn't going to have to repair it. So I had some uh, peace of mind that the car was going to be more reliable because it was new. It wasn't a used car. And so I had a little peace of mind on that and then the warranty. So all of those things can add up to be really good value to your clients that are thinking about these things. And on top of that, most of the people when I've worked with people kind of in distress, are just dealing with cash flow. It's not about calculating the total best cost of ownership or the optimal cost of ownership or the, the out-of-pocket or equity or future equity or future values or anything like that. Anything like that. It is how do I stay cash flow positive this month, next month, and the month after so that I can start saving, so that I can start thinking about retirement, so that I can start building some confidence and, and, and some confidence in my financial future. And it's about controlling that cash flow today, not at some point in the future when I don't really know what it's going to be. Right. I, I don't need to um, have something figured out 18 months from now if I don't have food on the table, if I can't provide right now, if I can't satisfy the Maslow hierarchy of needs at the very bottom, right? The food, clothing, shelter, those types of things, everything else becomes, you know, um, secondary to so solving my immediate needs. And what we need to do in most cases to solve those immediate needs and getting your car payment from $580 to $200 can be a real win, right? That's a $480 improvement. I'm just using that as an example. But if you think about the people that you're working with and you said, hey, you know, listen, uh, we can make some changes and, you know, I can put $200 um, more in your pocket each month or $300 or $400, right? All of a sudden, does that not sound like a big win to you? Does that not sound like a pretty big <clears throat> difference to most people? And if you told them, hey, instead of, you know, driving this six-year-old car, you you know, which maybe you're worried about the repairs and the maintenance on it, you could be driving a new car, have that peace of mind, and actually have less money coming out of your pocket each month. So that's why I think leasing can be such a win for people, you know. Obviously, it's not something that just poor people do. Leasing isn't like preying on the poor. I know some very rich people that do it too. Um, Steve Jobs famously leased his cars for six months. That's probably a very expensive way to do it, but he did it. And, you know, strangely, one of the reasons why he did that is because he never wanted a license plate. And so you can um, have a new car for a certain amount of time without a license plate in California. It's kind of an interesting story, but for a different day. But um, I think leasing a car can actually be something that can help avoid some of these problems. Because the other thing about it is, you know, it's time bound, right, as opposed to owning a car. So if you do get in a rut, if you do reach some financial obstacles, if you lose a job, right, maybe someone in your household loses a job, maybe you're worried about getting... Um, move to a new location and having to relocate or whatever it might it be. Or, you know, maybe you just have other risks, maybe stepping in and helping a family member at some point. And the car payment that you could afford today has a high uh, risk of not being, being affordable in the future, right? So this is one way to kind of hedge those bets and right and just say, hey, listen, worst, worst case scenario, 27 months, I'm going to be out of this lease, and then I can solve my car problem at that point. But for a lot of people who are you know, in the first, second, third, fourth year of their car payments on a purchase, 
could still have one, two, three, four more years left to go. And there's almost nothing they can do about it, especially because most of the time people are financing the entire purchase of the car and you're pretty much underwater that whole time on that loan. So there's just no really easy way to get out of it. Now, on top of that, I think there are other uh, services out there that are kind of disrupting this whole space. I know that FAIR was an app. Um, it kind of launched in my area. I took a look at it. I know there's some other ones. There's car subscription services. I don't know that a lot of them are super affordable. But what I like about some of these is it's just a second option on this because now you have, in most of the cases, have zero obligation to the car. You lease a car, you find out it's not affordable for you, you can turn it back into that leasing company uh, at any time. And so it's no longer a, a 16 month or an 18 month or two year lease or three year lease. It's no commitment. And for a lot of people that are worried about that, or you know, job insecurity or job stability or our stability, right? Fluctuating income, variable income, you know, these can be a nice option too. Maybe you're paying a little bit of a premium each month, but you also have the option to just jettison that if something catastrophic happens to you. If you have a financial calamity or something like that, you can just say, I'm out, right? And that's going to be a big burden off your shoulders as opposed to thinking about how do I get out from a car that I am underwater on. So listen, I am not trying to sell you on leasing, but what I am saying is that I see commonly people have problems with cars because they are a depreciating asset, unlike a home, which can be an appreciating asset, right? So it's a depreciating asset. It's something that people are financing for a long period of time with a high payment. It starts to absolutely strangle them in terms of their budget and their cash flow, and there aren't really good options to get out of it. And then the options that we have in our toolkit to help people in these situations is usually to put them in a really cheap used car, which then usually adds on the risk of them needing more cash on hand so that they can keep it running, keep it maintained. So leasing can uh, uh, avoid the high payments, the long-term commitments, the repair and maintenance costs on it. And uh, in some cases, you know, no commitment to it. So something to think about. And if you have someone that's really dealing with cash flow issues, I'll be honest, I think leasing can be a really great option. Now, uh, the thing you'll probably have to work on as a professional is to get people to not bite off as much as they can chew, right? You don't need to uh, lease an Audi. You don't need to lease a Jaguar BMW, right? This is something that, you know, and, and it's not brand specific, but you could look at Mitsubishi and Nissan and Ford and Chevrolet and, you know, some of these brands and the smaller cars that can be reliable, still give you the features that you need, but you don't need leather interiors and you don't need uh, premium stereo systems and four-wheel drive and all the, the, the gadgets and gizmos and surround cameras and all that stuff, right? So um, just something that I wanted to remind you of because I see it all the time and it's something that maybe you can put in the back of your mind and maybe maybe in some ways, certainly reach out to me if you want to dive into more of the details on the math, but in some ways I think it's kind of decoding what we have been conditioned to do and that we are conditioning our clients to think of in a certain way as well. So that's it for today. I'll see you later.